Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace, and they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie's helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. My latest project, tree trimming for our phone lines into the radio show. I mean, any home improvement you need, Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. Get started at Angie.com, that's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The app and the website is free to use. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? (laughs) Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. If you like what you're hearing, why not try a StephCast subscription? Only $4.95 a month if you buy a year in advance. Go to stephaniemiller.com to find out how. Oh, there he is. Speaking of dreamy, hunky men, why? Bob Seska joins us now. We interrupt this program to bring you a special broadcast. You're cute and I love you, Bob Seska. Where are you coming from? Bob is calling us from Washington. You Seska thing. Washington, D.C. Just follow the money. Okay. Hi, Bob. Hi. It's you know what it's there. Someone came to me with tears in their eyes and said, "Sir, turned up to 11. That story turned up to 11. <laughs> Not just one person. Everybody's crying. Everybody's sobbing. It's hard to even walk yeah. in there. It was just overflowing with tears. Same people, story. And people Every saying they're sorry. Every single time. Yeah, and you're exactly right though. It's it's getting bigger. There. It's like you know what? It's like the lightsaber battles in the Star Wars movies. First it starts with one, and then there's like three people, and then there's. Several people, and then there are all the Jedi fighting with lightsabers by like the third movie or fourth movie. So, yeah, it's there's an exponential growth of people crying in front of Donald Trump. But the, yes. the truth is that it's um, there's an issue with the national with our societal BS detector. I think right. there's something that our BS detector has blown a gasket, and I'm not talking about us, us. Yeah. I'm just talking about a considerably large, a frighteningly large percentage of the American population who has no idea or just doesn't care that this is just the the biggest uh, pile of excrement that someone could ever say. Yeah. It's like, you know, Charlie Kirk and those guys were doing this thing for uh, throughout the 2020 election where they were saying, uh, yeah, I just was coming out of a coffee shop and there were a group of liberals there, de- like hardcore Democrats. And they were talking about how they were going to try to vote for Donald Trump that year. It, there's a it, it's a myth. It's like a talking point yeah. that they just keep repeating and recycling. Yeah. And now Donald Trump is is part of that. Or maybe he's always been part of that. Yeah. But well, we, yeah, he loves that we, story. We saw the video of people smiling. The courthouse smirking, the guy that shut the door in his face. Yeah, letting the We're door like, slam yeah. on Donald Trump. No, they weren't even going to hold the door for that guy. You mean to tell me just like seconds earlier, the guy who let the door close on Donald Trump's face was sobbing over Donald Trump getting, you know, just arraigned? He had just, he How had could just they wiped do his this tears. He had just dried his tears, Bob. 
Yeah, okay. a guy so, who probably lived through 9-11 and right. probably lost some people in 9-11 is like crying because Donald Trump's got to go get arraigned. We were, <laughs> day. we were talking before we came on here just about whether the obvious, I don't know, whatever it is, Adderall, whatever causes the extreme sniffing has gotten worse. And you were saying, like, no, it was there during the debates. Like, I just feel oh, like yeah. that's part of the national mainstream media fail, the, like, elephant in the room that we just, like, we were, you were talking about the slurring, the, you know. God bless the United States. Like, we, like nobody you never got an explanation of that. that just the yeah. slurring and the stumbling and the sniffing and that he obviously has a substance abuse problem is just, anyway, just part of the insanity of where we've, where we've gotten, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There will be decades more long after Donald Trump is gone in which there are books published about the weird things that we observed and and presenting more details about those things. I hope, you know, sometime before I'm 90, we get a book that explains that Jerusalem speech. What happened to him? Because Ronnie Jackson's explanation afterward, Ronnie Jackson hammered in the press room talking about... (laughs) He's drunk. Oh, yes. I I dried up all of his sinuses, you know, right before a major speech, a major policy initiative. Uh, But, yeah, I just I completely effed with his nasal passages or something. Yes, of course, we believe that the guy who just said that Donald Trump was six foot ten, whatever it was, 210 pounds. No way. Right. So we can't believe anything Ronnie Jackson said about why that happened. (laughs) You know what? I'm totally the Trump derangement guy. That SNL sketch yeah. the other night about CN Zen, where right. there's an app to enjoy the Trump indictment. Yeah. That's totally me. Oh, I me mean, too. That's a, me I too. was loving every second. We talked about this last week. Oh, yeah. We, we, people going, oh, we shouldn't have given the coverage. That's how we got here. And I'm like, oh, God, no. I It's no. like porn to me. <laughs> I enjoyed. I froze it. I played it again. I can't. Yeah. I enjoyed every second of his humiliation. We are due his humiliation after these seven years of trauma, Bob. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got an IV drip right over here that I use, just that pumps Do- Donald Trump indictment news right into my veins. I can't watch That's... that grumpy face enough. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with that. He's an unforgivable bully. He's a menace to society, a, a dictator in waiting who would destroy democracy if he's elected. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy when he's in trouble. <laughs> yes, I'm going to exactly. savor every second of that. And by the way, uh, President Biden to NBC News, you retweeted, I plan on running for re-election. And you said, so drop the fanfic about alternative tickets and suit up, Democrats. It's time to humiliate the Republicans again. Um, uh, Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right on cue with Marianne Williamson and Bobby Kennedy. I'm like, oh, God, please. (laughs) You know, yeah, are we? We are literally facing fascism on the other side now. Right. Whether it's Ron DeSantis or Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started on this because it's some sort of you talk about the BS detector blowing a gasket. This is another one of those situations where we are on the precipice. I don't think we can impress enough upon people how close we are to losing democracy. Should an election all it takes is one election to swing the wrong way. And they're playing one as Trump though. Judge. Look what one Trump judge just did, Bob. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my God. It's it's uncanny. We, we it's very plain to see what's going on. And so these people who want to support either Marianne Williamson or RFK Jr. or any third party, any sort of let's have a primary challenge of Joe Biden or let's not have Joe Biden run at all. They're just inviting the weakening of an incumbent president who there's no one better suited to win a national election than an incumbent president to have that 
bully pulpit, to have that yeah. platform going into an election is invaluable. Yeah. And what we want to do is undermine this. They're acting as though it's yeah. the, like the middle 90s and the stakes aren't anywhere near where they are right, right now. Right. It's, and I speak as someone that I voted for Elizabeth Warren in the primary, you know, but I got on yeah. board immediately. You know, I mean, it's I speak as someone like many of us that maybe Biden wasn't your first choice. But, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, it's it's one thing if there's an open primary and there's no Democratic incumbent running, then exactly. okay, everyone yeah. get in and we see we sort it all out. Yeah, figure out well, party unity at, after we, we get a nominee. We've been here but before. The, but, Bernie talked about primarying Obama after his first. Oh you yeah. Know. yeah, I mean, it just, this it's the, the silly season for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, somebody tweeted at you. Uh, weird to refer to democracy as fanfic, but here we are, I guess. And you said. FF to S. Let's talk about democracy then. Your idea of democracy is to weaken the normal incumbent in a primary, weakening him for the general, which pushes us that much closer to a Trump slash Trump adjacent dictator and the end of democracy. This is an adult swim, Kevin, who's the guy who tweeted you. Thank you. It's an adult swim. Right. Right. And, you know, it's not a great position to be in where we have to line up behind whoever the Democratic nominee is at every level, whether it's president on down to city council. But that's the way the times have presented themselves. And we have to play within what's real and what's mathematical. And what we don't want to do is empower Republicans because we have some sort of idealistic view, which is anachronistic as well. It doesn't apply. We can't we can't play that game. As I said, we can't do this as though. The stakes are just whether the corporate tax rate is 38 or 39 percent. That's completely irrelevant right now. What we're doing is uh, uh, we're we're observing a political atmosphere where democracy is at stake, where the actual because what they what the Republicans want to do is elect leaders, whether at the presidential level on down, who will then never leave office. Yeah, we need to take them seriously about what happened in 2020 into 2021. And yeah. I don't think enough of us are. And Bob, I got a couple of for instances for you from out here in California. Um, Julia Clare tweeted, um, Diane Feinstein has missed 58 Senate votes in the last month because of illness slash being 89 years old. Biden can't confirm any federal judges without all Dems present on the Judiciary Committee. She's given no indication of a return date. Uh, Julie goes on to say, now that she's my senator, I finally feel even more emboldened to say resign. Do you know how many lifetime appointed judges Trump was able to push through, like the one who just invalidated the FDA approval of uh, Mifeprestone? This is an emergency. And I love Diane Feinstein. I've met her. She's been a great senator from out, out here in California. But it, that that is a good point about this one Trump judge. And how about the other Trump judge that lifted the mask mandate for the entire country on planes, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I, it's stuff like that where mm-hmm. we are literally facing fascism. Everybody's got to get on board. Yeah. And look, there, it's not as though we're pulling this out of thin air. There is significant historical precedent for what we're talking about that shows how important in times like this party unity happens to be. Uh, whether we're talking about going into the 1980 election where Ted Kennedy uh, primary challenged an incumbent president and Jimmy Carter weakening him maybe who knows whether he would have won or not in the general without ted kennedy but it 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 weakened him it made him spend resources defending himself against ted kennedy that could have been used to defend himself against ronald reagan yeah it took the eye took his eye off the ball so to speak and we could go down the list and the 
the sort of the third party fetish that went on in 2016 led to Donald Trump being elected or helped Donald Trump get elected, which then led to, you know, what, three Supreme Court justices that are that have their seats for life. Yeah. Here's another for instance is, you know, we we admit, right, Travis, we're biased toward Adam Schiff. He's my personal congressman. He's a friend. He's a friend of the show. Um, I think he'd make an amazing senator in in Feinstein's seat. I love Katie Porter, you know, um, but Harley Ruta just dropped. I don't know if you saw that. Just dropped out. He has a health issue. So Katie Porter's seat just became even harder to keep. Yeah. If she leaves, so it's just you know, Bob. I just think you're right. The stakes. I mean, you talked just about the gun. Look, just what happened in Tennessee. You just said there needs to be a national campaign and intervention to solve our addiction to firearms, the gun culture. Use the anti-smoking campaigns of the past as a template. Don't require new laws. Doesn't run afoul of the courts, the Second Amendment, etc. Right. It's just there's so much that that needs to be done that literally is a matter of life or death. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we do this thing every time there's another mass shooting where we demand legislation. And unfortunately, Congress right now, completely impotent. There's nothing that's going to happen at the congressional level. You're not going to get anything through the House of Representatives as long as Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan are running the show over there. So what do we do in the meantime as state legislatures? We can get some things passed like was passed in uh, Washington state this past week. Uh, An assault weapons ban is working its way through the state legislature there. But in terms of all these red states like Kentucky, like Tennessee, we're beating our faces against a brick wall. The what happens is even if we do pass legislation, we end up running into the Second Amendment impediment in the courts. So how do we approach this? We should keep fighting for legislation while at the same time we have to look at the gun culture in this country. What motivates people to want to stockpile firearms? Yeah. And I think that's a society that reveres firearms, that has uh, uh, glorified the use of firearms, whether it's our political leaders uh, using firearms to solve problems overseas, our yeah. militarized cops uh, you know, deploying firearms against unarmed American citizens, whether it's our entertainment on down the line. Firearms have this uh, this reverence, this sacrosanct idolatry that surrounds it in this country, and we need to start rolling that back. And so I've been proposing this idea yeah. of tackling firearms the way we tackled uh, big tobacco and cigarette smoke. It's a great idea. A national campaign, We every level that we can of the culture, yeah. we focus on diminishing the view, stigmatizing the view of firearms in this country, rolling that back. And if we tackle the demand, then the supply will begin to diminish. And I think that's another route we can take that's free and clear. We don't have to worry about the Second Amendment. We don't have to worry about Jim Jordan or state legislatures. This is what we can do right now without passing a single law. All we need is money, time, and tenacity, and we can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love you, as you know. Uh, We have one, uh, (laughs) on a personal note, we have another thing in common. I'm so sorry your dad had a stroke. My dad also did, and I know you tweeted about it, and uh, I'm so sorry. And just wondering how he's doing. He's uh, he's okay. It was a pretty serious stroke, and it's affected yeah. his cognition. Uh, he can still move around and things like that, but uh, he's a different man today than he was uh, on Thursday, the day before it happened. And, and so, uh, you know, but fortunately, I you know, I've got lots of support. My family, of course, is uh, yeah. all, in fact, doing much more than I am at this point yeah. uh, to help him out. And uh, obviously, you know, I, I always want to thank my Patreon subscribers who actually – uh, really stepped up and provided lots of support and love and everything like that. So I, I, I c- couldn't be more grateful for all of that. And 
uh, we're, we've got our fingers crossed for a recovery. He's, you know, slowly regaining his speech and his ability to uh, understand what's going on around him. And so we're we're encouraged. We're cautiously optimistic. So yeah. well, but it's going to be a long road. It's going to yeah, be a hard road. Yeah, I loved your that was very loving to it. You said his progress Friday, Saturday was remarkable, though, recovering some words. It'll be a long rehab, but he's a tough, tenacious guy. And I'm optimistic. I bet he's amazing to raise a son like you. So we send all our love and light, honey. Thank you so much. All yes, right. he's a he's a good man. He's a strong man. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where and, uh, you're experiencing it uh, to a certain degree where you're grieving for someone who's still there. And so maybe there's a a silver lining in that yeah. we can express ourselves and tell tell them how we really feel. Yeah before they go and so there's a Bob, there's know, an upside mom, there's you, always an upside yeah you know my yeah. mom's 100 and has alzheimer's and so it's you know she's sometimes yeah. there sort of and sometimes not and that's all you can do is you know say yeah, yeah. how much you love them and you know i taught you as you were sweet enough to ask sean how his mom's doing sean sean loves his mom so much he left me he left me and <laughs> took care of her and now she's doing great yeah yeah. Uh, I don't know about yep. his priorities, but now her, she's doing great. <laughs> Their retired, yeah. loving life. So, yeah. Yeah, very happy yeah. to hear about that, too. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard when they're in that gray area between being with you and not with you. And yeah. uh, so we're all we're all doing the best we can and I know. Uh, yep. hoping for the best. Call yeah. me anytime, especially when, you know, if we're not looking for uh, sound bites to share, like fart noises and stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah. We I'll can, make talk, sure about, we can talk about life snippy. stuff, too. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll just i'll do some extra sniffing to make you make you laugh <laughs> <laughs> love love to you and your daddy talk to you soon, okay honey. thank you stephanie all right